What's up, Fight Fan? You are listening to MMA Daily, the podcast where we bring you the latest in the world of mixed martial arts. It is Sunday, March 6, 2022, and this week's episode, Chaos Rolls On, Can Velasquez Charged. We'll be talking about a very wild week in Las Vegas and in California. UFC 272, obviously the grudge match is settled with Colby Covington and Jorge Masvidal. We'll talk about the latest in MMA news, the situation with former UFC heavyweight champion and one-time WWE wrestler Cain Velasquez. We'll talk about some late fight announcements to upcoming cards, including a very important flyweight title bout. And we'll cap off the show talking about UFC Vegas 50 and the light heavyweight bout between Tiago Santos and Magomed Ankalaev. My name is Gabriel Gonzalez, a.k.a. Colby Covington's henchman, according to Mr. Gamebred himself. And I'm here with Natalie Zamudio. Hello, Double G. Hello, henchman. Now, I, I, I believe I should be now, you know, henchman C. Instead henchman. of Double G. <laughs> no, you know, okay, I'm good. You know, obviously, um, as you saw, I had a, quite the week in Las Vegas. Uh, good trip. Um it was cold, which I, oh. you don't normally say about Las Vegas, but it was breezy and overcast and just hoodie weather all week. So I, I didn't enjoy that part compared to other trips. But um, yeah, um, got some mic time, got some interesting uh, answers, as uh, <laughs> I've alluded to. But how are you? What's new? Yeah, man, I'm good. You know, just uh, uh, staring at the calendar, waiting for this time change to to give us more sunshine in the in the later hours. But otherwise, I'm good. You know, just uh, reeling a little bit from the fights last night. General MMA news that we'll get into. A lot's been happening this week. I mean, let's go ahead and get started then. I mean, UFC 272 um, main event, non-title bout, and we'll talk about maybe the pacing. Did it feel like? You got the bang for your buck compared to other... I will argue this is probably their least stacked event in a minute. When you just put it all together and put it into context, I I do want to acknowledge that. But I want to save maybe that discussion toward the end. The actual fight itself between Jorge and Colby. um, All week, I think that they did a good job of making us believe that this hate was palpable. And I I think that's the biggest thing. When I talk to non-MMA people, probably one of the number one questions I get outside of, well, is it like wrestling? Is is the conflict like, is the actual like matchups, are they fake like wrestling? Is when they trash talk, is it fake? Is it for show? And and the fact is, no. I mean, uh, the fact is, you know, compared to other uh, entertainers and athletes, MMA is on its own scale like boxing that really when two people dislike each other it tends to be pretty legit for the most part. You know, one's either cringy like a Henry Cejudo or really they just like uh, they elicit genuine emotion. I felt like that came through. I think the actual fight itself I think it's a very just straightforward Colby Covington uh, just really I I think the easiest way to say it his uh versatility he didn't just come out there throw a couple hands go for the takedown he actually struck with jorge a little bit more than i thought he would obviously that was the key to masking his takedowns i actually feel like considering everything he probably got 
He didn't get as much ground control time as I figured he would going in, but just the threat of the takedown and his volume once again on the feet, I, I was very impressed with. I think he did a good job of just confusing Jorge, making him think he was going to do something else and making Jorge hesitate because he, he was expecting the takedown. I will acknowledge Jorge looked like he was still in that fight for the full 25 minutes. He was starting to slow down, but I never felt like he was, oh, he can't put one together if he really needs it, even late in the fight. But as that fifth round started winding down, it obviously felt very unlikely that he was going to get the job done that way. So very straightforward. I feel like you could make an argument for all five rounds, Colby. But uh, the fact is, uh, his decision victory was really never in doubt. What were your thoughts? Same. Yeah, definitely wasn't wondering who won at the end of that. Um, I thought Colby won every round as well, except there was a glitch in the feed. Uh, round two, there was like a whole minute that got um, just got blacked out. And so... Was it when the we, one where Jorge did the backflip tomahawk kick out of Mortal Kombat? Yeah. I mean, that's what I've heard. You missed that uh, part? Damn. I missed it. But, you know, what's interesting is that it was as soon as the, the feed cut back in, Rogan's like, or Bisping, oh, that was great. You know, great work by Masvidal. <laughs> 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 so we, we missed the scene. Anyone watching from home, at least on my TV, uh, missed the scene, uh, the, the scene, the moment where Masvidal elbowed Colby and cut him uh, so whatever happened in that minute around that that elbow was uh <laughs> was not shared with the uh, the tv viewing world but but uh, so you know regardless uh, I felt Colby won every round one judge gave that round that I missed some of to Masvidal it was a total domination man there's no other way for me to look at it and it, it pains me to say that because I really was rooting for Masvidal and wanted him to win picked him to win I didn't bet $275,000 on him to win like Greg, <laughs> but, um, you know, I feel just as burned. It was a disappointing fight for me uh, as a fan of Masvidal. If I say that it was disappointing as a fan of MMA, I'll probably lose my MMA card, but I just don't like that style. Look, let's, I'm quickly going to reference Bryce Mitchell and, and even RDA. You take him down, you, you pound, ground and pound. I just felt like Colby wasn't doing that. He was holding and pressing and... He did more damage on his feet, on you know, on his feet in some respects, and I wish he had just been more active on the on the in the close, you know, when they were when they were close together against the cage. So it got a little boring for me, disappointing, frustrating. Just kept waiting for Masvidal to get something together, put something together. But as he said at the end, uh, he was flat. His wrestling just wasn't there, and it just burns me because. I put myself in Masvidal's shoes. I think what he must be thinking, man, like you lost to this guy. Not only did you lose to him, but you got owned round after round for five rounds, and that's it. You can never undo that. So you got to find a way in your head to tell yourself, like, all right, whatever. He beat me because he wrestled me, and I'm just not as good a wrestler, and that's it. But if we if we were just in a straight stand-up fight, I'd beat him. You know, these are the things I'm saying to myself that I hope Jorge's saying to himself. Uh, on the flip side, great win for Colby Covington, man. Like, you know, he's already lost to, to Usman twice, just like Masvidal. But this, as the younger fighter with more potential to to get a belt, this is what he needed to to keep the you know the fire burning for his UFC career. So, 
Obviously, he called out Justin Poirier at the end there. Uh, that's silly to me. That's really, really silly. But um, we'll see how how the UFC handles his matchmaking after this. I'm curious. Do you have a sense of what they're going to do? Or is it too soon to tell? I'm not going to lie. I, I actually thought that the Dustin Poirier matchup was very uh, clever, uh, a clever move by Colby. It's for clever, the simple, I just don't <laughs> For the simple fact that I, I think that if Poirier is serious about 170, you got all the ingredients. There's already footage of them talking trash about each other. Yeah. Uh, not as much as Jorge Colby, but okay. Um, it, it, truth be told, I don't see the nate dustin fight happening and at this point i I, i'm sorry to say but it's like uh, if it's not a fight announcement i don't even want to hear about it i'm a little um i'm a little over my colleagues and god bless them i get it you're trying to get some news and all that i don't even want to hear dana white tell me we're talking about it we're working on it maybe uh, i really don't want to hear about it i feel like we've been let down enough with that both people are down. Both management seem to be down. This seems to be all on the at the business table behind the scenes. Um, so it really, to me, uh, if it was going to happen, I think it would have. So I've already mentally moved on that I think that it's perfect because, one, the next logical choice, probably the winner of Bilal Muhammad and Vicente Luque. I can't remember when that fight's happening. I think it's this month, but you got to think that though that winner is pretty locked in and they're waiting to see if Gilbert Burns upsets Hamzat because if Kamaru and Leon do fight Kamaru wins obviously the money fight is probably to do um uh Usman and Hamzat if Leon wins I mean you could still do Leon Hamzat there's a story most likely you'll immediate rematch Usman because of everything he's put together recently but the fact is, Colby is in no man's land unless yeah. Hamzat loses. And then in which case, then he can maybe step into that one. But really, like a Wonderboy Thompson would be a step back. Technically, Masvidal was a step back, but obviously yeah. they were both coming off losses. Uh, I think that the Dustin Poirier fight is a great... I'm not going to lie. Colby should be favored in that one. But tactically, we're trying to get main events. We're trying to get good spots. We're trying to make money. You know what? I think he got it. And to be honest, I, I think that that was a clever move. Now, more than likely, you're going to fight the winner of Luque and Bilal. Unless that... I could see that contender trying to push to be the backup for Usman and Leon Edwards. But that's another story for another day. Yeah, I mean, clever, yes. Uh, well, I say clever, but smart. Uh, it's good marketing. But, like, it's just... Dustin Poirier, like, on his first attempt at 170, he's going to fight Colby Covington. Like, it's just not smart for Poirier as a as a matchup. And, That's like, fair. On, a, on a personal level, like, you know, I've heard Dustin say he doesn't want to give this guy any money. You know, fight fight Dustin Poirier, who's the bigger I, – I guess he's the bigger name. You know, it, help him make more money. Is it not on site though? <laughs> like, hey, hey, I gotta say, someone brought this up uh, during the press conference. It's like all this time, hey, it's on site. It's on site. Then it's like, uh, guys, 
is it not on site come on and yeah. you know that it's like i'm sorry dustin but if you're gonna say it's on site you gotta take the fight if it comes your way man yeah i mean that's that's <laughs> that's on site too it's just sanctioned on site yeah you can't uh, be doing that man it's either put up or just be like i just don't like them is it on site our oh, next question yeah <laughs> that's how i feel i think that's the only option for colby um they, they, they'll find somebody. If it's not one of those three guys, Bilal, Vicente, or Dustin, that someone will manifest themselves eventually and will make it happen. Um, Jorge Masvidal signed a big new contract. I think they said he is on par with Israel Adesanya right now. You know, Not necessarily Conor McGregor's status, but the fact is uh, they signed a big deal. They see a lot of upside in Jorge still prior to this and obviously moving forward. Um, there's options for Jorge, not the least of which I almost feel like he could be in the Nate Diaz, Nick Diaz, Conor McGregor sweepstakes. Just, I don't care about rankings, title fights, title shots, coming off wins, coming off losses. There's options for Jorge. I think it just comes down to timing and making it happen. I don't think that's a smart move for Conor outside of his uh, pocketbook. Um, but then again, Connor, if it's not Nate Diaz, who else is really stands out? Everyone's more high risk, low reward. I don't think a title fight is happening that the wheels are already moving with too many people at this stage of the game. So, um, long story short, Jorge Masvidal, I think if not Nick or Nate Diaz, he'll fight Connor next. Wow. Connor is such an odd choice. Uh, I mean, I've heard you know, this is not the first time. You're not breaking the news to me that, that there's been talk about this. I mean, what's the last thing I remember from Jorge Masvidal saying that, you know, if they fight, it's like the UFC letting him murder Conor McGregor. Well, that was a few years ago, right? Oh, um, he's still that much bigger than him. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, that's the thing <laughs> is that it's like Conor's not winning fights any, any you know, any hasn't won any fights lately. That's not the, the dude you want to go up against. Uh, and, it's, yeah, it's not even because... Jorge is such a much better striker than Connor. It's just literally size. Like, weight classes for a reason. And that guy's just too big for you. Period. And just that's that's silly. But okay, they neither of them would turn it down. Um, but then it's like, well, one of these guys is just gonna lose another fight. And, and lo- low key though, that sells easy on pay per view. Oh even, yeah. But even at this stage of their careers, coming off L's and tough yeah, times, yeah. you know. Easy sell. Easily take my money. You know, yeah, the, of course. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, I mean, I, I get it. It's a weird time for, uh, anytime you ha- you're having this con- kind of conversation, but I think we've kind of seen a bit with Triller, though. It's like, I always make the Dancing with the Stars comparison. As great as some of those contestants are, sometimes people just want to watch bad dancing instead of good dancing. <laughs> sometimes you yep, mean, sure it, it isn't about watching the best MMA. It's about who actually entertains you the most. Oh, yeah. And gets you invested in it, even if it's not going to be the highest level against the highest level. And I think that's very fair. Just let's call it macaroni and get it, you know, throw down. But that that's the best comparison I can make for you. Um, I want to talk about, uh, there was a lot of interesting stuff on that undercard. Uh, the co-main event. So probably the wildest part is Rafael Dos Anjos literally being in the middle of a video interview and Helwani breaking the news officially that um, Rafael Fazeev is out of the fight. 
and you literally like okay you know how youtube so-and-so reacts to so-and-so yeah dogs reacts to cats cats <laughs> react to fish all this wild stuff no literally Rafael dos Anjos reacts to his fight getting <laughs> changed it's like no that, okay that's not clickbait that's a literal reaction you know <laughs> yeah uh, that's what so i mean one gangster sticks with it five rounds um islam mahachev okay i you probably see this it's not him running the twitter it's ali abdelaziz and there are times when i think that's bs and other times i'm like you know what i think that's true <laughs> this was one of those weeks where i thought that was true but then it's like Okay, it would have been gangster for Islam to take it, but then I'm like, I'm sorry, but Ali is a much smarter manager than that. Your guy pretty much got a title shot. Um, and I, we'll talk about Dana's comments that now Islam still has to fight Benil again. See, I don't know if it was bluntly, but it the language he used almost felt like because they did the Rafael Dos Anjos fake out yeah. is why. And I'm like, okay, we'll react to that, but... Hinato Moicano, um, week's notice, on the beach in Brazil. I think he had recently gone back to Brazil. He'd been in the States and then he flew back. Flies back to the United States, makes the 160 weight limit, and um, still agrees to five rounds, fought all five rounds, and I'm not going to lie, it was an uncomfortable beatdown. RDA was on. RDA went in as the better fighter, more physicality, on point, got the takedowns, and to his credit, uh, Moicano still went out there and still showed signs of life, and you know what? There's times when it's like, it's not about the money, it's not about the rankings, it's not about all this other stuff that we like to write about and talk about. That dude was in it for the love of the game. And I got the impression, if you tell him, Hinato, you keep up with this, you might only have two more fights in your career, if we stop it now, you'll probably have a lot more fights. And he's like, I signed up to do this. And whether I do this two more times, the fact is I signed up. And if they're not going to get me out of there, I'm here to stay. I got to respect that. Do I think that was bad for his health? Yes. Would I have actually personally preferred his corner stopped it? Yes. I'm not going to lie to you and say that wasn't just the most gangster thing I've seen in a minute. Went the 25 minutes, still touching up RDA. Look at RDA's face and photos after it. I've taken him. He was not one-way traffic. Hinato put up a fight. Um, that's all I have to say. Uh, clearly, RDA handled him, but uh, just gangster by, by Moicano and respect that man. Yeah, I mean, that's... That's a lot of things that he did that most people wouldn't wind back to the U.S. Weight cut, five rounds, you know, and staying in the fight with all the damage to his face. And, you know, but he knew and we saw it in round five. Now, he knew he had he still had power there in his hands. Did RDA take his foot off the gas pedal, sort of take pity on his opponent? Uh, the commentators were wondering I think he did, and then when he started eating a lot of shots, then he was like, okay, I need to turn it back on. Like, it might have come back to bite him a bit, yeah, right? Yeah, he was like, oh, damn, yeah, I thought you were going to take it easy on me if I took it easy on you. It's like, hey, bro, I thought you were hurt. Yeah. <laughs> they almost called this fight. Come on. So he took pity on him. It blew up in his face a little bit, but it showed us that Hanato still had 
a lot in the gas tank, a lot to give, a lot of heart. So these are the kind of fights where, oh, yeah, he took a lot of damage and you're going to be recovering for, for a bit because you had a quick weight cut along with the travel plus the damage to your face, your body, everything. But you're in a good place with the UFC. They're going to remember this for a long time. And thank you. I'm sure they're throwing him some extra cash. And they're going to remember it in the future when, you know, he wants a big fight or, you know, whatever it may be. So it was a good move for him. But, yeah, let's not forget he took a lot of damage. The corner should have stopped it. But, you know, who was the ref? Mark Goddard, I think. Yep. He, you know, he even he knew the corner wasn't going to stop it. He's like, these aren't the corner's not going to stop it. So the doctor, you know, telling him, you need to tell me if this fight should be called. And, and good on Goddard, right? He told him at the beginning of round five, if you don't look, if you, you know, if you get beat up or if you look bad in the next 30 seconds, I'm calling it. That was all the motivation Moicano needed, right? So. Loki, I thought that Goddard almost like, hey, look, like you, you could put the blame on me. Like I, he, I almost felt like Goddard was giving Moicano a window. Like, look, you yep. want out. You can save face and put it on me. I'm ready for it, man. And yeah, you're right. Because he said it. He said it loud. It, it wasn't a whisper in the ear. He was very like you, emphatic. You could put the blame on me. You could save face yep. for your people, for the fans, for all of this stuff. And Moicano said no. Moicano could have pretended you couldn't see the the finger. You know what oh, I mean? I know. It, it, it is what it is. Um, uh, I do want to acknowledge that's what makes MMA different. I mean, yeah, there's the the damage, the the violence, so to speak, the power. When you watch Moicano just continue to get up and get out there, it's a different kind of emotion than, I don't know, you see LeBron James or a star running on a bad knee, football player yeah. being hurt, baseball player, all of this stuff. That is what makes MMA different at its core. It is an emotion and it's an event that incites that kind of, reaction from the viewer the spectator in a way that you don't get anywhere else and you know it was it the most beautiful display of martial arts in terms of the skills and the you know comparison no but i think you talk about what do you get from mma that you don't get in other sports that's one of those fights that tells you what it is without having to say it so yeah excellent um, other stuff, uh, Kevin Holland looked pretty good against Alex Oliveira. Got early trouble, but you know what? He gave the double thumbs up. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not going to lie. I really want to use that meme and gif, gif uh, in a lot of different scenarios. So I just, <laughs> I'm hoping people start asking me things where I can use it freely. Um, mm-hmm. And then he lights him up and gets, the, gets Alex out of there. Calls out Daniel Rodriguez. I think, um, you know what? Style points. Good call out, rallies back to get the W. I call that a win-win for Mr. Holland. What about you? Yeah, it was it was great. You know, he got yeah the the gift, little comedy out of it, and then a clear decisive victory. So that's that's a great night for him in the octagon. That's just dropping some swag. I we watched that and it's like damn, like he's <laughs> just like you know what? Some people are just different in a good way. He's got it. Yeah. Um, Marina Rodriguez. Uh, that one was dicey. Did you score it for Marina? Because quite a few people said I think Shonan upset her uh, coming off that loss to Carla Esparza. What did you yeah, think of that I, one? Well, yeah, she did. I thought she did too. Um, but it's one of those where my attention was waning, so I'll have to go back and watch it. But I did think that uh, Yan Shonan won that one. I mean, uh, we've seen crazier robberies, but uh, when I watched that, I was like, 
I felt like she did just enough, one and two, maybe the third Marina, but yeah, another competitive one. I think Shonan sort of getting the upset. I think there was this idea that she'd had a pretty, uh, I'll say easier schedule to get to her title eliminator with Carla Sparza last year, right? I think that she showed out for herself and showed that, hey, you know, she's someone who should be taken seriously at the top of 115. And then Marina, I mean, I, I think she should be ready, standing by in case anything happens with Rose and Carla Esparza, because I think that she cemented being the number two contender behind Carla. Um, I like every matchup. I like the idea of uh, her and Rose after the win streak now, her and Carla too. Um I think it's just a good performance from Marina. A good storyline, good position to be in for her. And then I, I, I couldn't end this segment of our recap without talking about her. Marina Moroz, uh, you know, repping her native Ukraine, had a grudge match with her own former American top team teammate, Maria Agapova, and comes out, handles business, gets emotional. Uh, she talked with us, and let me tell you something. One of the most special post-fight like scrums, like wow, for something that's so like you know, clock in and clock out back there sometimes, especially for the prelims. Um, hearing her talk about the situation in the Ukraine, seeing the other fighters step up to go home, talking about you know what's going on with her family, um, talking about how like the ufc russia official mm -hmm. instagram actually even blocked her wow and it's like you listen to her talk about that and i'm like i just it, it was it, had she been in the main event i feel like it would have been the talk of the town i know why she wasn't the main event obviously but it's like a beyond sports moment that i really want to touch on yeah it was it was impossible when you see the you know the, the graphic for the flag for ukraine and we've been seeing that those colors so much these last couple of weeks that you're paying extra attention and when she won in a great in great fashion um i was really happy that joe rogan didn't fight her for for the mic you know she took it from him but didn't mean to to do it in a bad way and when she realized she tried to give it back and he knew she was going to say something important and he said, no, 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 keep it. And she was able to just hold the mic and say her, her piece. And, yeah, it was, it was emotional, man. I, I, um, yeah, I mean, I just don't much more to say. It was just hard not to think about all that she's going through, other fighters, and, of course, everyone in Ukraine. Um, so I'm glad she had the moment and that she got the bonus. And, um, you know, Dana White, for whatever feelings you might have about him, he's the kind of person that would probably – do extra if she needed help in some way or another with this matter. So, um, hopefully there's, there's more, you know, that she can, more peace can come her way as far as her family being in Ukraine. But yeah, it was definitely one of those really important moments that, uh, just sticks with you. It's one of the things I keep thinking about from, from last night for sure. Yeah. No, I mean, not much more that could be said there. Um, as a broadcast, like a pay-per-view overall, because, uh, like I said, I mean, this is, I think, look, before they announced the move, we thought we were about to get Volkanovski, Zombie, Peter, and Aljo, and then as the Coco third down was going to be Jorge Colby, yeah. and instead we obviously got something very different in the end. 
Um, did you feel like you got everything for the price of admission, so to speak, when you sat down for the pay-per-view portion? No, and not because of the fights leading up to the main, but because of the main. Like, usually there are main events where I always say, and if this was boxing, you're just paying for this fight. Um, the fights on the main card leading up to co-main and below were pretty good. Bryce Mitchell, like, a, a successful ground and pound of a big name, Edson Barbosa, RDA, Hanato Moicano. Like, there was a lot of good stuff going on there. Even, you know, Greg Hardy getting... He was on the main card, right? Greg yep. Hardy getting knocked out. Like, it was a lot of interesting, good MMA. Coming into the main fight, though, that's where I feel like, oh, man, I paid all this money for for just, you know, in quotes, crotch sniffing, right? Yep. <laughs> not, not actually what was happening. There's a lot of skill, a lot of hard work that goes into what Colby Covington did to Jorge Masvidal. But it's not what I wanted to see from this matchup of best friends becoming bitter rivals and all the hype leading up to it, the marketing, the interviews, like you wanted to see a war. Instead, you got a beatdown. And, yeah. it, you know, depending on what side you're on, you were either happy or you were pissed off. And, well, I'm not a Colby fan, so you know where I stand. <laughs> Bless Excuse you. me. No Sorry about that. Uh, it's still a little breezy, so that change in temperature as the <laughs> sun goes down sometimes yeah. hits me. No, um, I think for me... Uh, I always remember something, and this is very true. Not every card can be a stacked mega card, international fight week, gonna blow the roof off, we're trying to break a record tonight. That being said, I do think about, you know, the pay-per-view price went up a little bit. And we were scheduled, and I don't want to say promised, but the fact is we were told it was going to be a very different co-main event with Dos Anjos and Fazeev, and then... We were even a little teased about Dosanyos Mahachev, which yeah. I think would have brought up the value. And then I'm aware that we've gotten a little spoiled and used to quite a couple loaded main events. And look, uh, around this time of year, usually that March, uh, February, you know, it kind of slows down a little bit. Things start to pick up. The March card, which this one was, gets a good reception. We get load up spring and then it's summer and then, you know, UFC travels, you know, they they want to bring a big show overseas and then a big show to the East Coast. I do acknowledge when you put it all together, you got some very good MMA. I think that when you talk about the entertainment value of Kevin Holland, Bryce, uh, the Greg Hardy Spivak fight, um, look, I mean... It's not Dosanio's fault. He rolled with the changes and stepped up and did what he had to do. But I know the price of admission. And I think the fact that when there's not that title on the line and you don't feel like you got the best of the best for the ticket, I can understand where fans are like, uh, you know, yeah, I like Colby, not Colby, but Jorge and Street Jesus and the Recuerdo and the pizza and all that and the grudge match. I can understand why it's like, yeah, but like they're not the champions. There was a lot of emotions going on, and I acknowledge that. But yeah, I, I did feel like you'd still got a lot of high-level MMA, but I can understand, like, that's what the UFC, that's what makes the UFC different from the Jake Paul stuff and sometimes the other stuff, right? Yeah. Is top to bottom, you're getting a lot more of the best of the best when you tune in for that pay-per-view. So. 100%, 100%. I think that's all it came down to. There was still great MMA, no knock on Kevin, Bryce, and all the performances. It's just, 
I'm aware of what that night typically looks like and has looked like for what feels like a long time now. Yes, so a lot to break down. Like I said, a great broadcast overall when you talk about everything top to bottom. Um, real quick, uh, Mahachev's not fighting Dariush. I I think that um, <laughs> okay, I'm like uh, put it this way. It, Islam has to be told you might be sitting out a year and a half before he considers fighting Dariush because 10 fight win streak. It's not your fault Dariush didn't make it. Yeah. You got this fight. I think Ali Abdelaziz, you know, a lot of stuff got to go wrong before we risk a title shot for a high risk fight with Dariush now. Remember before, like, look, Islam might still be the backup in May. There's. Yeah. Uh, a lot of stuff got to go wrong before he fights Dariush. What are your thoughts? <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess I guess that's, that's, that's true. I didn't really put much thought into it when Dana White was like, you know, he's going to fight him. It's like, okay, well, yeah, fair. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, if you're thinking about who's his manager and um, what his record is and how much hype there is behind him, is he gonna really wait till till Darius recovers from a fracture? Like, yeah, probably not. So, not when you know but, the title fight could be there. Yeah, exactly. It just, I mean, think about. It. Let's say Charles or Justin gets so and so out of there in one round. <clears throat> They're definitely for sure gonna try to bring it back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, but that was my final thoughts. You know what was weird is that as the week wound down, and I think as the shock value came in you know wore off we Mm -hmm. were more able to focus on the grudge match but tuesday to thursday just the kane velasquez situation it was like you know like we had things to talk about and then it's like dude can you believe what happened and so you know quick recap obviously we haven't had a show since the news broke tuesday night late tuesday night like after 11 p.m pacific time you hear about Cain Velasquez is in custody, and then it's like in custody, attempted murder. What? Mm-hmm. With the firearm. Then the next morning, you know, details are still scarce. And, you know, we're talking about, uh, you know, Wednesday now, or sorry, it might have been even Monday night to Tuesday. But then, you know, it starts rolling around Tuesday night. It's the rumors, and now by about Wednesday, we're starting to see, you know, Cain Velasquez chasing down someone who I guess was charged with sexual abuse, molestation of a minor who is directly a relative to him. It's unconfirmed exactly how they're related. I have seen the rumors that it was his son. That detail hasn't been made official in any of the reports, but it, you know, I'm aware that's the rumor going out there. And, you know, you hear about Cain Velasquez chases this guy 11 miles in his car fires of you know bullet several bullets and hits the stepfather of the man who was uh charged with this and the stepfather and the man accused were in the same vehicle and you know obviously Kane is arraigned and he's officially charged with I believe it's 10 or 11 counts all things like you know uh damage and looking to do damage to a person and the vehicle and obviously the attempted murder charge and it's just there were a lot of emotions and it's led to this reaction, you know, like, well, 
I get it. Look, there's a lot of emotion to like many people have talked about. If you were in that position, what would you have done? And people say similar things all the time. Then there's the fact that the bullets didn't go into the person they were even targeted in. Then there's the fact that why are you going, uh, putting bullets in people on the street like this? There's so many emotions and I completely get, there's just so many different viewpoints and the way that our laws work and the way that we as people work and what we feel is justified when we're in these situations that it's just, you know, every time I try to wrap my mind around it, I just can't, Natalie. And I'll toss it to you from there because if you have more clarity, I'd love to hear how you got there. No, I don't. And just hearing you recount all the details, which, you know, I've, I've read too, everyone has. I'm literally getting like cold. Just that sick feeling you get when something terrible happens in your life to someone you know or to you and, you know, don't know came, but just putting yourself in that situation, it makes me cold. Like, I just feel sick to my stomach. So it's a terrible thing to have happened to his family. Both both incidents, uh, you know, the abuse and then this, because, of course, the reaction is human nature to want to, you know, enact vengeance on the person that hurt your relative we'll say um but by doing so you you hurt the family more right because now you're gone at least right now anyway we'll see what happens hopefully some kind of resolution brings him home soon but now your family has to deal with you not being home and that's also very heavy so i appreciate the mma community a lot of the fighters coming out and saying i would do the same just because I think that, you know, even if Kane doesn't get these messages, like the energy of we have your back and we understand why you did what you did. Oh, man, it's just dark. It's just dark. Thinking about the poor kid and at daycare and, like, the number that's been out there about it happening 100, 100 times. Like, it's like, damn, bro. Like, how do you, as a parent, how do you deal with missing that? That's tough. Like, how do you... You know, you're, you're sitting there thinking, how the heck did I not know this was happening this many times, let alone once? And then you, of course, you you lose your mind. And that's what happened here. So. It reminds me a bit of the Larry Nasser situation. It's like mm, yeah. you, you kind of have to bring out like that number feels so arbitrary that the actual act of like somehow imagining that happening over 100 times. And we don't know. That number was given out and it was almost thrown out so broadly, but it's like, yeah. it's hard to imagine that. I don't even want to, but it's like, you're telling me that really happened. I mean, that would drive anyone crazy. And once again, I'm aware that the legally, there's it's a lot more complicated than just he reacted with this emotion in this way. It's, yeah. it's obviously more complicated with the entire way that it played out, but, you know... Like I said, I think the simple fact that most people can't wrap their mind around something like that happening to anyone, let alone a young relative, is just, you know, like I said, there's a lot of emotions how this thing should, you know, what might actually happen. But it's just like, wow, just once again, I mean, obviously, we've gotten very familiar with Kane over the years. He's a former champion, dominant champion, you know. Injuries got him, but obviously for a point there, we thought we might be seeing the best heavyweight we've ever seen. Mm -hmm. So, you know, to now see this kind of whole thing play out and 
respectfully, a lot of people who are connected with him are have been in the news. Obviously, his longtime coach, Javier Mendez, just there with Islam Mahachev. There oh. this week with two of, uh, you know, his... Uh, his athletes, Umar Nurmagomedov and Tagir Ulanbekov, sorry if I can't say it. Daniel Cormier, who's absent due to the loss of his mother and, you know, best wishes DC. But obviously, you know, he acknowledged it. Habib acknowledged it. Habib going into the Hall of Fame, it was announced. So it's like, it, you just couldn't avoid it. Mm-hmm. And now obviously the free cane, you know movement on MMA Twitter and just social media in general and the sport has obviously been prevalent but it, it was a lot you you really you know it, it's something that was just there with everybody yeah it was hanging over the hanging over the week for sure man and oh geez let's eh, it just yeah sucks. we can move it on it, it's no, no, so no, tough, I wasn't yeah. gonna say that I'm just thinking like it's just like ah there's nothing you can, nobody can do anything right now and just kind of like wring in your hands at the whole situation. Like, why is this happening? This whole thing, why? Yeah, it, it's just, um, it, like I said, it's a lot. It's, yeah. Um, there's no way to move on. So I would just say that uh, we have more stuff to announce. And, you know, look, it's, you know, it's MMA daily. A lot of things happen in MMA daily. <laughs> yes. Um, so we'll discuss the next one. Um, recently announced Valentina Shevchenko taking on Tyler Santos on June 11th. I'm not going to say anymore. I'm going to just let you talk about it. <laughs> well, we pretty much said this was going to happen last week, right? Yep. <laughs> and uh, we said June. And that's it. Go listen to <laughs> yep. this episode. Say we no more. Predicted this. We predicted this. We predict these things, guys. And uh, yeah, Shevchenko took the break she needed. Ready to rock and roll in June, you know the next uh, <laughs> the next opponent has reached the uh, the top of the stairs, and she's ready to knock them back down. That's it. Uh, what I will acknowledge, I think that uh, Tyla has shown me this is a huge jump up. I mean, when you talk about the biggest win on her record so far is Joanne Wood, and now you're talking about taking on Valentina. It's not as dramatic as Juliana Pena versus Amanda Nunes, but it is still quite bluntly, like we said, it doesn't matter who it is. It's going to be Rocky versus Apollo, David versus Goliath. No matter how you skin it, it's an epic upset. Um, I am interested to see, you know, just I'm expecting more fearlessness than intimidation from Tyla because she's younger, because she hasn't really had to. She hasn't really faced that adversity really in her career. I think she only has one loss. So it's like, look, I mean, next woman up. Uh, I'm not going to talk about, oh, well, this and that is Valentina. We know what Valentina brings. You know what, homegirl? Just bring it. May the best woman win. But yeah, I, I am very aware that, you know, when you're talking about Valentina, you know exactly the mountain you're trying to climb when you're out there at flyweight. So, oh, yeah, something worth watching, but. June 11th, so about two, three months, you know, not the longest wait. And yeah, I'm ready to hear from Valentina. Like, what's new, girl? I mean, you <laughs> seem to be living the life on vacation. You know, it looks like, like, once again, her Instagram is like, it's like a travel account. It's nice. Yeah, yeah. 
You know what I mean. Oh, yeah, I know. She's always like, she's in a dress and a bikini. She's shooting a gun. She's on a, you know. In a locale. It's not like yeah. she's, you know, in Santa Monica Pier. It's like. Right, yeah. She's not at Walmart. Yeah. Um, yeah, and the roadsters and the, you know, the Tommy guns. Like, you know, she's just doing everything. She's great. Yeah. <laughs> um, This Saturday. Uh, so, too, the, there's obviously, like, Bellator has the doubleheader with um, Mads Burnell and Adam Borix. But the big fight, UFC Vegas 50. I want you to hear that. We've done 50 of these at the Apex, Natalie. Wow. You know, I, I remember I made the joke at first. It's like, you know, UFC Vegas, you know, when, for you know, April of the pandemic, May of the yeah. pandemic, yeah. UFC Vegas 1, UFC Vegas 2. And it's like, this is nice. Wait until we're at like UFC Vegas 73. Let's see if we're still feeling this way. So I, I do want to acknowledge that it's like, dang. 50 and ironically we do 50 and then they travel again for fight nights but we'll get to that next week um tiago santos taking on magomed ankalaev so obviously santos um he came back from the the knee surgery loses to glover tashira loses to alexander rockich in that rather uneventful fight and then he comes back and he takes out uh tiago santos magomed ankalaev on a roll Obviously, got has the wins over Jan Kutalaba. Um, I just had the number. He's on a pretty decent win streak. Uh, I think if he wins this one, he's obviously that proverbial breath of fresh air at the top of the division. Um, but the fact is, anytime you're up against a guy like uh, Santos, is you got to beat the guy who seems to take Thor's hammer off his chest and hit you with it with his fist. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Ankalai, uh, do, 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 do. Seven fight win streak. And he's coming off the one over Vulcan Uzdemir on Fight Island in October. So, like I said, no slouch. But he's got a tough test ahead of him. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I was just looking at Tiago Santos' Instagram page. You know, he's got a baby on the way with Yana Kunitskaya. She's very pregnant. I mean, that that child is just about here. So, I'm sure he's, he's uh, focused on getting a win. So he can go home just with peace of mind, enjoy his baby. You know, yeah, he had those three losses in a row. Then the win against, was it Johnny Walker? Is that how he beat? Walker, yep. So, you know, Johnny Walker's not looking so great lately. But still, it's good to have a win against a tough opponent, get your confidence going again after the, the losses and the injuries. I mean, look, what I'm looking for here is to see classic Tiago with the, the 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 quick and powerful leg kicks, the counters, and then yeah, the hammer. Like those hammer the hammer throws, the punches. Just 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 knocking people out. That's kind of all I'm looking for here. I'm not, you know, fully versed in the Magomed uh world here, but I've seen a little bit of him. You know, he's one of those guys that can knock you out too and what's his wrestling like you can educate me on this is he one of the amazing russian wrestlers too yeah he's a very well-rounded guy i think the biggest thing about him is that he's kind of i say this and i hope it comes out correctly he's a little deceptively strong like habib like habib when you look at him you know he wasn't this we've seen more cut looking guys than habib yeah, but Habib course. could hold his own with his physicality. He was big. He was solid. Difficult guy to move around for a, quite a few veterans that he's taken on. Um, 
uh, you know, well-rounded. It's He's not lights out with the wrestling, but I'd say he's very comfortable also throwing hands. He's comfortable. I, I don't want to make the, another drastic comparison, but a little bit kind of like Colby. He's comfortable enough using his striking to open up his grappling for a complete attack, but he's not exactly going out there like Adesanya either. So I think that's his thing. He's strong. Not lightning quick guy, but that's not yeah. his game either. It works for him. Um, I think that that's going to have to be... Uh, that's almost works a bit for Tiago. Because I think that Magomed's going to have to be the one to take the risks and obviously get in there and try to make something happen. I think, though, you got to use your volume. you got to get in, get out, use a multifaceted attack, use your kicks. Above all, when you're up against a guy like Tiago, you have the difficult challenge. You have to throw enough volume. And in terms of defense, you just can't be there when he loads up to counter at you. He's waiting for you to come in. He's waiting for you to get in range so he could try to deliver some damage with his explosiveness and his power, especially early. So I think that also the key for Tiago, push him, you know, push forward a little bit, especially early. Just make some stuff happen. Don't let him feel like he's accumulating these points and you're conserving the gas tank. I think the easiest way to make sure you're in a good position later, be a little aggressive earlier. And now, could there be a middle round where Tiago, you know, takes his time a little bit? Probably, especially if this one goes late and he can't catch him. But I think that that's one of the real keys is that if you're Magomed, you got to take a couple risks to get in there, try to get him down and wear him down. If you're Tiago, you got to push him a little bit. Otherwise, he's gonna, it's that dangerous game of, you know, we're playing by points and you're hoping you deliver, you land enough bombs over the course of 25 minutes that you steal the decision. You can't fight like that. So very interesting style matchup. And certainly, look, the winner, I'm not saying a title shot next, but you're probably on the short list and probably no more than two fights away, possibly just one, depending on who you get next. Yeah, man, that makes sense. I'm I'm looking at this and thinking, sort of reiterating what I said, is I'm looking to see the classic Tiago. Yeah, the, the threats you lay out that, that come from Magomed, they're enough to make a to, to make a problem for, for Tiago Santos, but then I think about how well he fought John Jones, and like, I just think he has it in him. He's savvy, he's a veteran he has power he's got a little bit of confidence back now so i'm just looking for him to do the hammer thing throw that hammer <laughs> so even though magam is a, a tough style matchup i can see in my crystal ball here a uh, round three tko by tiago santos one big shot that drops him and then a couple of uh, shots on the ground ref call ref steps in calls the fight for tiago santos he goes home he has a baby. He's happy. Oh boy. <laughs> you know. I I I could see that. I think it, it, this is the, the weird thing cuz it's kind of like, you know, is it the time for the young lion or can Tiago still, you know, put that run together back yeah. to that title shot, right? I've been feeling Magomed. I think that he's on that win streak and as much as people like Tiago, I think it's pretty clear this is his step up, stepping up point, right? You win this one and you got interesting fights with guys like Yuri Prohashka. 
Uh, sorry, Nigeria. Uh, Alexander Rakic, Jan Blahovic. Maybe they rebook that one. Maybe one of them gets in there with the winner of this one quicker. Um, maybe not Rakic as much because he did already fight Thiago, but certainly Jan Blahovic taking on one of these guys. Um, all that to say, I actually feel like the ability to get in there and get the fight to the ground is going to be the difference. I think that Magomed is just good enough to avoid the power. He may lose some rounds early. I'm not saying it's not going to be difficult, but yeah. I just see him getting those takedowns and I see him wearing down Tiago. Fourth round TKO. It's not going to be dramatic. It's just going to be the gas tank slowly coming down, but I think he's going to avoid eating that big shot. And I'll say Ankalaev, fourth round for the win. Okay. All yeah. right. I think it's a good fight, but um, I think that that particular weapon is going to be good enough when he really needs it. All right. I like it. Let's see what happens. Yes. Um, we have a little bit of time, so we can acknowledge the awkwardness. In the end, does uh, Alexander Volkov make it out of Russia to fight Tom Aspinall the following week? I know, right? That's yeah, because like I don't know who's what's the power that be that needs to be persuaded to get him out, you know? Is it like the Russian government? Is it like it's like a visa thing, right? Um does the UFC have any kind of sway? Do they want to use that right now? Is that the moment you want to call in a favor with your Russian buddy? I don't know, man. Like there's I feel this is like a big one. Um, or is it just really simple? Is it just like a small government thing where you just need to, you know, make a phone call to have a, a, a stamp, a visa stamped, and that's it? I don't know. I don't know anything about it, but anything having to do with Russia right now just makes me hesitate because, like, I don't know. I don't know nothing about nothing. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. But, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Um, We're not talking about athletics anymore. We're talking about politics. I know, man. <laughs> so it makes but like, it hard. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 just I have no idea what the real like how how big of a deal is the holdup and what has to be done to 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 free it, you know, to to remove the barrier there to entry. Yeah. So it's like and and priorities like uh, whoever's in charge of this issue is is that something that they want to spend their capital on right now no <laughs> that's the first, number one thing i'm thinking it's like um volkov it's nothing to do with you uh you are just in the wrong country at the wrong time yep and i don't say that like as a knock it, it, you know the russian government is not the russian people Mm -hmm. but you look at all the situation and I, I will say it will take a uh, relatively speaking minor miracle for Mr. Volkov to be at the O2 arena uh, two Saturdays from now. Yeah. Yeah. So, or one Saturday from now, if I'm, you know, sorry, but you get what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. If not, we'll certainly, um, I know they might try to keep Tom on there. Arnold Allen is on a great win streak, and they might just call him macaroni, let him bring it against uh, Mr. Uh, Dan Hooker, mm -hmm. and we just go from there. But yeah, um, it will be worth watching. I'm sure we will talk about how we got to the main event before we actually break down what fight is scheduled to headline. And um, yeah, that's pretty much it, Natalie. 
ladies and gentlemen, as always, thank you for listening. We'll be back next week. We'll have more MMA news. Talk about the latest fights. Break down upcoming fights. A lot of good stuff coming up. So until then, take care. Have a good one.